is, I always say this, but it is really good to see you guys. There was a moment where I didn't think I would see you again. Um, how good was that worship? Like, I'm normally not on the side sitting down. As you know, in times like these, Gerald and Tracy, so lucky to have you guys, legends. You guys were deacons here for years. Normally not on the side, but it was so sweet to sit there and look at a family worshiping. Just beautiful. And to be able to just linger there and no rush. And Lee, well done for letting it run. And just that people build on the worship and get into deeper worship and just glorify Him. It was this beautiful picture of a family worshiping God. What a privilege. Let's pray. Lord, you build your church, and we thank you for that. I pray, Lord, that the best we can do sometimes is just get out of your way, that you build it. Lord, will you have your way here? And I pray that the words you've asked me to share, Lord, that you will bless them, Lord, and that they will have serve some purpose in your name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to see how this goes. I'm trying to stand. It doesn't really work to sit down for me, and I'll explain why just now. Uh, I want to tell a bit of my testimony over the past two weeks. So um, bear with me. It might be a bit raw and not very well prepared. Well, I, I try to prepare. Not, that's a lie. It's not, well not badly prepared, but I'm not sure how it will happen, how it will come out. Um, firstly, yeah, you might have heard some stories, some things, some news posts about an accident and what happened to Jacques. And I know last Sunday I was the butt end of a lot of jokes. <laughs> a lot of cracks made. <laughs> I mean, Mike had a field day, and that's, and that's Mike, so. But God. <laughs> um, yeah. But... I want to thank you for your prayers and your support. And your, yeah, you guys love so well. You guys love so well. That's one testimony that I get from, from many people, one, one account, visitors and so on, that you guys love so well. And we're feeling it again. So thank you. Thank you to each of you. Still, we just stopped at the parking area. we opening the door. Here comes Beverly with a meal. Boom, in the car for tonight. You know, it's, it's amazing. So thank you. And like Jeanette said, it's while other things, there are other crises. I know that mine is by far not the biggest crisis happening in this church and the far not the biggest drama. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about myself today, which I never like doing. Uh, if you know me, you'll know that about me. Um, so let's see how it goes. Um, so, yeah. So, so what happened, you know? Um, Last Tuesday, not this previous one, the one before that, it was, it was the off day I chose to take, and we haven't, I haven't had one for about three weeks before that, and I thought, okay, we, the weather's looking good, I'll go diving. And uh, Richard, who was sitting here somewhere, went with me, and Howard also, Howard Fivey came with, and we went all the way to Cape Point, all been there. You know, right there, and you, we mission down this mountain. It's a bit of an adventure. Even getting there is, is, is an adventure. Mission down the mountain, and right down between the cliffs there, you, you kit up in your dive gear, and you 
to swim along the cliff edge there, and it's beautiful. It was a calm day. The water was clean. You could see maybe, imagine a five-story building. That's how deep you could see. It was like blue water, beautiful. Like it was swimming through a garden. It was dreamy. Water wasn't too cold. And I was thinking, wow, for Howard, this is such a beautiful first-time experience. You know, he was, he was really, um, he was like just in awe of the place, and it was, it was a lack of time. Um, and it went, everything went really well. And um, the two of them were diving with, with floats. So you have a rope and then this big orange buoy, which is a safety thing so that other boats, or boats can see you and so on. I did not have that because I thought, I'm fine, I'm diving between them. So the floats are bobbing around where you are in the general area, so you're safe. And I thought so, and I was safe. Until at the end of about three hours, um, they got out. And I remained because I didn't get any fish yet and I came to spearfish after all. Maybe that's a testimony to how bad I am. But I was, I was saying, oh, Lord, there must be a fish here. This is such a beautiful place. The conditions are perfect. You know, it's normally served me well to like, keep on keeping on and pushing a bit harder. But I was alone. In that moment, I forgot that I didn't have a float. So I just wanted one more dive, but my protection was gone. And it was in this situation that I was floating on the surface about to dive down. It wasn't far from the side. I'm saying 20 meters max. Was, I, could, I could speak to the guys on the rocks. Uh, I didn't feel in danger at all. And I was lying on the surface when suddenly I got hit by something. But something big. I knew it wasn't a shark because it wasn't from below. You know, it was from, from above. And I was lying with my face looking down, my back up. So it wasn't anything that was going to eat me. Um, and immediately I knew this was a boat and this was bad. So what happened is a ski boat came racing down, you know, over, across the sea. You know, have you seen a ski boat on, on a plane? It goes so fast, not an aeroplane. <laughs> it's called planing. It go, it's going on the water, right? But so far, like, like that. And they race and they splash water out and the engines are in the water and the bow and the keel of the boat smashes in like does that as it goes. And it's running fast. I'm saying maybe 50 k's an hour, I don't know, 50, 60, somewhere there, depending on the engine size and so on. But it's a, a boat weighs about a ton, and this, this was happening. So there was this boat that came around and was running to get to its harbor or to Miller's Point, and they didn't see me, and they drove straight over me. And, they, and the boat, the keel struck me, struck me here, struck me there, and then the gearbox of the engine struck me there as well. So it was two, two impacts, and the, the propeller of the boat luckily just cut my, just hit my foot, just cut my foot, because the propeller goes very fast, like a meat cleaver. Luckily, it struck me only once. So, so, so this happened, and I've been diving for 30 years. It's like, if this happens, you die. Like, it's, you don't get out of this easily. Nikki, can you post the first picture, please? All right, so that is me. That's the boat that struck me. I was, when I got struck, the pain was incredible. And normally people say, hey, don't feel pain in an accident. You feel, and I felt so much pain. Um, more than I ever felt. And I spontaneously started screaming. But I also screamed because I needed the boat to turn around. Because if they didn't turn around, I knew that I have no chance. Because I can't climb this mountain. Immediately I knew something is bad, like limbs are either awful, things are burst, it's really bad. So luckily they felt they struck something, so they looked and they saw me and they turned around, which is, 
I'm really grateful for because they could have just kept on going. You know, luckily they, they weren't cruel. They, they turned around, and that's me in the water trying, shouting orders at them of what to do and trying to get into the boat. So eventually I managed to get into the boat. At that point, I didn't know what was wrong. Um, funny, I, I, uh, I, I braced myself to look down because with that impact, you can't, it's so sore, you can't feel what is sore and what's not sore, what is there, what's not there. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not panicking, I'm, 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 I'm there and I'm going, okay, I need to brace myself. I'm going to look down now. I'm expecting to see a lot of red, okay? Like shark attack red. So I'm going, okay, 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 look down. This is as the boat's approaching me, um, coming to pick me up again. And I look down and I just see like a dark blur. And I go, oh no, I'm going blind also, you know? <laughs> and what happened is the boat knocked my mask off and like, you can't focus underwater. <laughs> And this, that, that look up again, I saw the boat, and I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus, I can see, you know. So it wasn't my eyes, and then I was like, okay, there's no lots of blood, so, but it felt like things are smashed. Pelvis must have been crushed, organs must be smashed. Everything just felt wrong, and I, I, I thought, okay, this is serious. So eventually I get onto that little boat, and yeah, I can keep the pictures, don't show any more now. And um, I shout orders like, come on, get me, get me to the harbor, I need to, I need to get to safety, try and get to a hospital or something. And as I get in, I just see blood gushing out of my wetsuit, like pouring out of my wetsuit. And the thing with the wetsuit is it, it covers cuts. You can't see where the cuts are or how big they are. So I don't know how severe the cuts are. I just know everything is sore, this is bad, and blood is running out. And I, this is the first time I'm going, okay, Lord, this better stop now, because if this continues another two minutes, I can, never mind, you know. So then that, that did stop, but I was in incredible pain. Now I'm lying in this little boat, and this boat is trying to make it. They're really trying to save me. They're trying to make it to this slipway. You know what a slipway is? It's like a concrete ramp that goes into the sea where you can launch boats. And uh, they, they, this boat is trying to get forward. And um, it's hitting the chops really hard, and I'm being smashed in it. But I'm really, really in pain. And I realized just what happened now, and I could feel my body go into shock. Your lungs close, you're like, you can't breathe. And I knew nothing was hit at the top, but you can't breathe. You can really feel your body shutting down. And I realized, okay, internal bleeding, probably exploded organs, crushed pelvis, life's not gonna be the same. And we've, I think I've been in many situations where I could die if something else goes wrong, you know? But this was a situation where things have already gone wrong, there's nothing I can do, I'm probably going to die. You know, it's different. So I just sat there and I thought, okay, Lord, this, I wasn't just sitting there, it was bashing around in the boat, but I was going, okay, Lord, this is, if this is it now, okay, all right, it looks like you're taking me now. And I was, in a sense, I was like, okay, is there anything we should talk about? <laughs> like, have I been leading wrong? Is there anything I need to repent for? Can you, can you tell me anything? And I was praying in tongues, and, and as I was praying in tongues and um, breathing slower, I could feel the, my chest opening again and the shock kind of dissipating. And I just had this sense of peace. I'm like, okay, Lord, if you have to take me now, I prayed for the family, and I thought, okay, let's, let's see what, what, what you're doing with this, you know? And um, eventually we, we got to the, to the launch site, to the slipway, and I kind of flopped over, and I realized, okay, this has now been about 10 minutes, so maybe, maybe God's plan is something different. And we tell, luck, there was a ranger on the slipway, 
I tell the ranger, phone an ambulance. And uh, eventually the ambulance was coming. But I was lying there on the slipway, just so grateful to not being bashed around. I thought I'd rather die just lying still than getting bashed around on a boat, you know. It was just such a peaceful time for me, in pain, but just I'm so grateful. I was praying, and it was just a sense of peace. And um, the guys were giving me sips of water, and the ambulance came. Okay, Nikki, the second picture. So that's me. The ambulance came, and they strapped me up. Another good thing is I chose to wear a Speedo that day, which is weird because I normally wear nothing under my wetsuit. So small mercies. But they came, they put me on a drip there, they stabilized, and by that time I'm thinking, okay, now there's a drip on, my blood pressure is weak, but there's something, so chances of survival is climbing a little bit. And next, next picture, Nikki. Okay, there they put me into, that's Richard. <laughs> They're putting me into, into the ambulance, and they just drove me to the next parking area for an for a airlift, for a medevac. Thank you, Nikki. Uh, and they flew me to, to the hospital. And... Um, as we, as we arrived there, um, only then could they do scans, and they did x-rays and MRIs, and, and they told me that no bones were broken except for the coccyx, the tailbone is, is broken, which I was like, that's impossible. And then they did a, a detailed MRI, and they find that this whole gluteus muscle is completely smashed. But I mean, that's, I'm just going, how are my organs not exploded? How, how are the bones not broken? How did this happen? How do you get run over by a one-ton boat on a plane and only have a smashed muscle? And um, so I was, I was going through that. Jeanette was immediately at the hospital as I got there. Thank you. Um, yeah, she got some speeding fines. We have to take an offering for the speeding fines. But I, I knew who had me and where I was going if this, if, this was, if this was serious. Guys were all super professional. And from then on, it was this slow process of, of recovery. That night, I went into emergency reconstructive surgery, and they're trying to put all this mincemeat together, and that's still in a process. Uh, there's a very good plastic surgeon. He's in Bloberg here. Um, and... It was just incredible. God was in all of it. I should not have survived that. And the odds of surviving something like that, it's so small. It's so small. Um, I know it had to happen. But even in that, God still kept me safe. I don't understand it. If you think about the way I was lying, if I was, if I was hit at any other angle, and I'm talking fraction angles, any other angle, it would have been my legs off. Or if the boat went over my spine, spine off, shoulder off, head off. It was the only way somebody could be hit with that amount of force and survive it. It's just, it blew my mind. So that for the rest, for the next few days, I was just so grateful. I was, Lord, you are so in everything. You are so in every detail. You are so far ahead of, of everything. We don't understand I, um, even the next day, because the whole previous day now with the trauma, I couldn't have any water or eat anything because they knew they were going to operate. And even a sip of water tasted like champagne, you know. Even that grape tasted like this festival, you know. It was, I was just thanking God for it, that I can experience these small things again. And I was so reminded again of we should appreciate everything, the privilege of everything. I thought I'll never be here. 
you know, the privilege of, we, of, of worshiping together and, and, and seeing you. And it was incredible. So I'm, I'm just continuing talking to you about what happened, how I feel. I don't have one clear message. But the main message I have for today is it's in his strength. It's not in our strength. About this time, well, just over a year ago, I had an operation about, I had a kidney operation, as most of you know. And at that time, the Lord humbled me. You, just before the operation, I was pretty proud of myself that I was healthy enough to handle that operation. And then my blood pressure spiked. I think you know the story. And I felt, oh no, I won't be able to do this operation because my blood pressure is so high. And you can't drop your own blood pressure. And, I, and the Lord led me to Ephesians 4.16, where it says, under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. Under his direction. I know that speaks of the church, but that day, in my context, it was a medical declaration. If we remain under his direction, and he had to humble me and tell me, it's not about you, it's not in your own strength, it's about me, it's what I want to do, I'm directing it. And I spoke about that last year. And all of last year, he's been helping me recover, and uh, we've learned, you know, to lead and, and, and be led and just growing together. I feel as a congregation, we've grown together. And I very much thought this year, yo, now we're fit and healthy. Now we're going to charge. And I had all these plans. I had camps lined up. I had hiking trails lined up, men's group, men's things, all kinds of stuff. And, yo, I've been, I was so excited to do all these things. And now, change of plans. Um... And again, the Lord is saying, no, it's not in your own strength. I do not need you to be healthy. I need you to be obedient. You know? This is what he told me. I, was like, I had lots of time. The one nurse, when I told him my story, he said, Yo, you're in ICU a lot, eh? You know? <laughs> and I realized, yeah, I'd never thought I'd be in ICU so much. When I was 37, I'd never been in hospital once. And now, you're... Um, but the Lord had to show me again, it's not about me or my own ability. He builds His church. Guys, it's not about our ability. I had to repent to think for the thought that it had anything to do with me. You know, I had this thing of, Lord, let me, let me get healthy so I can lead. You know? And He's telling me, he doesn't need me healthy, you know. He uses us, but we, can but we can never rely on our own ability. He chooses to use us. I started thinking, I need to be healthy, fit, strong, to lead well. And that was a lie. That was a lie. It's good to be those things. It's good to be those things. But that's not what I need. 1 Samuel 2 verse 9 Section B, um, Nikki, I didn't give you this. Can you quick, how quick are you? Oh, never mind, never mind. It says this. By his own strength, no man shall prevail. 1 Samuel 2 verse 9. By his own strength, no man shall prevail. In our weakness, he does great things. So no one can boast. Remember that story about, testimony about, about Gideon? how the army was whittled down to 300, so no one can boast. God is omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, everywhere. He does not need our strength. 
We can never have the arrogance to think that he needs our strength, our wisdom, anything. But he chooses to use us. The key scripture for this, I feel, is Psalm 147, verse 10 to 11. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of a man. That spoke to me. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. I, felt I got the scripture the second, the day I woke up. Does not delight in the legs of a man. Before that, if you go read that 147 from verse 1, it speaks about how great God is, how strong he is, how he set the stars in place, how almighty he is. And it says in that context, he's that big. He does not delight in our own abilities. Don't let anything on earth, your own strength, own abilities, replace your trust in God. Don't let your health, no matter how effective they are, even the church structure, even this church, only God doesn't fail. We're in a society where our value is measured in strength. Think about how somebody like Usain Bolt is celebrated as an example. You know who that is? Okay. You even see, um, even in Josh Jen, some of the guys preaching, and this T-shirt is not tight because they've been gymming. You know, and they're preaching and they're holding the mic like, yeah, you're holding the mic, you know. You know, I, clearly I can't do that. But even that, you feel you have more capacity or more authority because you look good. Be careful. If you, um, what did I write here? I read shirts and skirts. Yeah, tight shirts and skirts. You know, it's, I'm not saying don't go to gym. But if your confidence is in how you look, be careful. Be careful. God needs nothing. No person, institution, or church is indispensable. He's not wowed by our gifts or our achievements. He loves us the way a father loves a child. But he's not wowed by our achievements and our gifts. He gave them, you know? He's the, he's the author, he's the designer. Even some more gifted Christians or less gifted Christians, wow, that person operates with beautiful capacity. Wow, they speak, what a power gift, you know? It's good, let's celebrate that. It's not, a, it's not a bad thing. But let's not put our confidence in that. Let's put our confidence in the Lord. His pleasure is not in our strength, our abilities. We're not more pleasing to God if we have 200 people here instead of 100 people. Whether we have a big meeting or a small meeting, it doesn't please God, God more and please God more or not. Our posture to come to church and honor Him and obey, that pleases Him. But the numbers here, if it's 100, 500, it doesn't impress Him. The number doesn't, our hearts do. So check your heart. He takes pleasure in our posture towards him. Nikki, can you put that scripture up again, please? 
the Lord delights in what? In those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfading love. Will we do that? I'm hoping that next week I can speak more about that part, the part that he delights in, like how he delights in us. But today I want to speak more about the thing about it's not in our strength. It's in his strength. In tough times, do not rely on your own strength. That's where faith comes in. Faith and trust goes together. God loves to show himself strong on your behalf. Again, testimony of Gideon. He loves to show himself strong on your behalf. Will you let him? Anything, any strength you have is because he gave it. Two, three weeks ago, <laughs> I asked you to take a breath. That breath is from him. Every breath we have is from him. Every breath, every heartbeat, every time. The next one is not guaranteed. We just assume it will be because we're creatures of habit. It's been going good so far, going well so far. So what do you put your confidence in? Don't put your trust, your faith in legs. I mean, the Lord made amazing things. Have you ever stood and looked at a big waterfall like Victoria Falls or a big mountain and you look up and you go, whoa, his power is amazing. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. God doesn't delight in those things in the same way. He made it. But what he does delight in is our hearts. It's our hearts. So what are you facing that you feel too weak to deal with? Why do you feel I'm not equipped, I'm not strong enough, I can't endure this thing? You are right. You can't. Only when we're in Jesus can we do this. It's good to be strong and be strong. But let that not be the source of your confidence. Make sense? If we are in him, we are safe. Even there, I was, I was, for the first time in my life when I was on that boat, I was truly convinced that I'm going to die now. And it wasn't a panicky like, I'm going to die. It wasn't that. It wasn't that at all. It was like, okay, Lord, it's, let's see how this goes. Because I, I knew, I knew who has me. And if you're in his will, you are safe. If you're in his will, if you surrendered in any case, I mean, we sang, just now we sang, all my heart, all my soul, it's yours. You sang it now in worship. If that is true, and God tests that, how do you feel? Because if that's true, it's a matter of, okay, Lord, it's yours anyway. Do with it what you want to. But stay in his, stay in his will. He's in control. We can trust him. If you don't yet know him, and you're not in him, I don't know about you, but in that situation, I would have panicked. I would have thought, this is out of my control. There's nothing I can do to save my life right now. I can't put anything in place. It's completely up to God. That would have been so, so scary. The fact is, at any time, there's nothing we can do. And even to be saved, to have salvation, there's nothing you can do. Jesus has done it. You need to just surrender to him. And when you surrender to him, you have that peace. You have faith. To walk in faith and trust him versus 
fearing the dangers of this world. Don't you want that peace, that security, that no matter what kind of stuff? I mean, if you look at the world and there's elections coming and all kinds of nonsense happening, we can talk about that and be worried about that, but if we, in the Lord, what does it matter, really? What does it matter? We have to be wise with our finances. We have to be clever. You know, the word says we have to be smart about these things. I'm not saying throw your arms up and like, I don't care. I'm not saying that. But I am saying no matter what, you can trust him. You can trust him. Sure, Lee, I'm almost, almost done there, eh? just so you know. Yeah, it's a revival. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6 to 7. It's, it's a parable of the seeds. It speaks about some plants. No, it's not the parable of the sower, but it's about Paul sows, Apollo's waters, but it's the Lord that makes it grow. We need to trust God to crown our efforts with success. It's the Lord that makes it grow. Let's trust the Lord. You do what you can. You train. You work hard. You use your strength. Whether the Lord lets it grow or not. Trust God to crown your efforts with success. It's not that he has to. But maybe in his mercy he will do that. And if he does, it's not because of you. The danger with being good at something is that you start putting your trust in that. Think about it. What do you trust in? If you're really good at something, it can be a sport, it can be a skill, be careful that you don't put your trust in that. And also, it, ident it determines your identity sometimes. You put your identity in that thing, which is also a problem because if you lose that, where are you, who are you? Let's not put our identi identity in those things. Put it on the Lord. So it looks like the Lord wants us to be leading with a limp this year. And I've come to the conclusion, yes, Lord, do your will. I don't know how that'll, what that will look like, but I know that in our weakness, in my weakness, he is strong. And I want to say, don't, don't wait for me. Don't wait for me. Run ahead. Like if I don't keep up, Pass me, go. You know, even this week, I love that for the past two weeks, guys have just been pushing and charging and not waiting for instructions or waiting for what do we do now. You guys know what to do. Keep doing that. There's nothing new. Love God, love people, obey Him. Just keep doing that. We're going to be leading with a limp, and it looks like a repeat of last year. It feels to me like I'm right back where I was last year, Lord. And maybe next year I'm back there again. I don't know. We'll see. I'm hoping not because it hurts. You know? <laughs> I don't know why it happened, but maybe it's just because God wanted to show me over and over, it's not in our strength. Let's pray. Lord, will you forgive us when we feel we have a lot to offer you? Will you forgive that arrogance, Lord? 
You created us. You gave us everything. Will you forgive us, Lord, if we feel significance because of our gifting, because of our abilities? It's all you, Lord. You delight in those who fear you. Oh, Lord, our hope is in your love. Let us be those people that delight in you, Lord. Let us celebrate our weakness, Lord. And your, your word says that we should confess our weakness. Not our sin, that's a different story. But we should celebrate our weakness. We should celebrate our weakness. Because in our weakness you are strong. Sin is another issue. Of course we should confess that. But right now I'm talking about weaknesses. What we can't do without you. And that's everything, Lord. We can't beat our own hearts. We can't make it beat. It's all you, Lord, and we thank you. Lord, we pray that your will be done in this congregation, in this church, in your kingdom, Lord, because in our weakness, you are strong. And I want to pray, Lord, for, for anybody here that, as they're imagining that situation, Lord, that they feel, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if, if, if I know where I was, would go. I'm not sure that that I would be at peace with the Lord. Now, if there's anybody here that, that, that wants to be sure, you can be sure. It is easy to be sure. But you need Jesus. He makes us sure. He is the assurance. The Holy Spirit is the assurance of our salvation. The Word says that if you confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart and in other areas then obey that you belong to him no matter what no matter how weak you are so I want to ask if, if that's you if you are not certain if you would be worried when you're in that situation don't you want to just do business with the Lord now and just say Lord I want to put all my trust in you when my world falls apart, when my strength fails, when the things and the structures I rely on, when they fail, Lord, you remain strong. And I should always have, and I can, put my trust in you alone. I pray that in Jesus' name. As every eye is closed, if, if, if that's you that, 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 that's, that prayed that, that you just allow Jesus into your heart again. Will you raise your hand? Just tell me that that was you. One, two. Two people. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you that we can, we can approach you. And you give us peace. Let us never trust in our own things, our own abilities, Lord. If there's any of you that need to repent of that you've been saved you belong to jesus but you need to repent of that do so now just in your own words do business with the lord repent of it. even if you were the pride sets in your own abilities it could be things it could be your house 
could be health, education, a gift, a skill. Lord, let us not rely on these things, but only on you in Jesus' name. Such a weighty testimony. Shark was talking, uh, just been reminded of, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. And just to echo when he made mention of a call for those that have drifted from God, for those that have not bowed the knee or for those that have drifted, that this would be a season that of awakening and that they'll be coming back the other thing that I that was a take home thing for me listening to Jock tonight some trust in horses and some in chariots but we will put our trust in the name of the Lord our God we will put our trust Father tonight I ask that we would do business with you, God. As we've heard this sobering testimony, no doubt, Jock should not have been with us tonight. No doubt is this a testimony of your grace and your goodness and that you rescued him, that you plucked him from death. Father, we just pray that we would take stock, as it were, of our lives. Recalibrate, as it were. And consider, are we truly a child of God? Are we truly part of your kingdom? Or do we go through the motions? Yeah. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Word of the destiny, the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Jock. Thank you for your vulnerability. Um, yeah, just this whole family, you know, just what went down, just the other way... The whole family just rallied, not just this family, but Jack and Jan and the girls. Just amazing how they just rallied together and stood strong. Salute you guys. Well done. Beautiful to see this. I think the next Survivor program there is to happen. We'll have to put their names forward. Amen. Sorry for butting in, Lee. Um, just... <laughs> There's something I, I, I didn't share and I, I forgot to, I don't know why, but I really feel to, to share this part of it. Um, the, the, the driver of the boat, the skipper, um, he's, a, he's a Muslim. Uh, he lives in Ocean View. And he went over and above and beyond. He, he made sure I was on the side. He went to the police to report it. He took Jeanette's number. He phoned her. And he actually visited me in hospital. And, and he came to me crying. He says he can't sleep, he can't eat. He's traumatized. And uh, he was explaining his history. Obviously, in Ocean View, there's lots of violence. And he, he's had so much trauma in his own family. And it all came rushing back because of that. And we spoke through things. And uh, it wasn't his fault. And it... it wasn't completely my fault also it was an accident 
but I just told him, I know it's not your fault, but I want to release you and tell you that I forgive you. And he cried, and he cried, and he was just so grateful. And he still contacts me wondering, how's it going? Um, and I just, yeah, I forgot to say that, but what, a, what an amazing guy to, to follow up on that. And who knows, uh, maybe this testimony impacts him, we'll see what happens.